0: please be seated. I want to thank our team. Uh, so grateful, especially to have uh, Jesse with us and Danny and, and uh, also, uh, where'd he go? Jacob. Jacob's back here. Jacob's over there. And, and uh, Jacob and Danny, you may or may not know, some of you don't know, they are a part of that team we sent out to plant Imago Church in Visalia. We have a daughter church that is growing, exciting things going on, ask them about what's going on at Amago Church, uh, pin them after worship and say, tell me what's going on at Amago, because there's good things happening with Pastor Carlos and the team there at our our daughter congregation. Uh, Dani y, y Jacob son parte de la iglesia Imago y pueden uh, decirles lo que Dios está haciendo con, con esa obra. Uh, I want to take this moment to send out our boys and girls for children in worship time. This is our time when our our uh, students up to fifth grade can really uh, have God's word presented to them and uh, to work with that in a way that will help them to grow. So we encourage them to go, and our teachers and helpers, we thank all of them for what they do to serve our children and to serve us. As they're going out, I also want to invite you to get your Bibles ready. We're going to be in them in just a few minutes. And if you do not have a Bible, we have some on the tables in the back. And uh, in just a couple minutes, I'll be directing you to where in the Bible we'll be looking. Si no tienen Biblias, hay Biblias detrás. y queremos que puedan estar listos, si tienen una Biblia en sus teléfonos o lo que sea, vamos a mirar la palabra de Dios en unos minutos. So, a few months ago, Joshua Harris, a noted pastor, noted Christian author, very successful Christian figure, announced something on Instagram. He shocked his friends and his followers when he announced on that forum that he was leaving his wife Este pastor, hace unos meses, anunció que iba a dejar a su esposa. But in that same Instagram post, he went on to say that he was also leaving his faith. That he no longer considered himself to be a Christian, a follower of Jesus. También anunció que iba a dejar a su fe. Now, this is a story that seems to be more common in our day and age. Parece ser algo cada vez más común, a noted Christian figure, is rocked by some sort of crisis and then as a result they come out and say that they have stopped believing. They've stopped believing in Jesus. Alguna figura, algún personaje cristiano anuncia que ya ha dejado su fe por alguna crisis. There's a name for that, by the way. It's called deconversion. La deconversión. And for many people, this has become kind of a disturbing thing, a trend. Ha sido una tendencia muy turbante para algunos. I mean, after all, if, if Pastor X was so solid in, in his faith, how can I be certain that that won't happen to me? Si Pastor X era muy, soy sufé, ¿cómo puedo estar seguro de no tener eso a, a pasar mi vida? If Christian singer Y has fallen off the faith wagon, how can I be sure that I won't fall off? Si cantante cristiana Y ha caído, como que yo no voy a caer. If these people, these, these people that we look to to be examples of unshakable faith, are shaken and they, they topple, they, they, they fall over. What's to say I'm not the next one to do that? Si esta persona que parece ser muy sólido, ya cae, pues ¿qué va a pasar conmigo? It's something that's scary for many people to think about. But as unsettling as that might be, es turbante, sí. I think it's also an opportunity. It's an opportunity for us to recognize something very important. Es una oportunidad para reconocer algo importante. And it's this. We cannot look to sinful, weak, human beings like ourselves to be the foundation of our faith. Las personas pecaminosas y débiles como nosotros no pueden ser la base de nuestra fe we cannot put our personal relationship with the Lord on the backs of another person and expect them to carry that for us. No podemos cargar a otra persona nuestra fe personal. Our faith in the end does not depend upon the messenger. Our faith in the end must depend upon the message. And that's a distinction I think we need to make. La fe depende no del mensajero, sino del mensaje. And that's something I want you to have in mind now today. As we look into the reading, I'm going to share with you from the Gospel according to Luke. Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Lucas 1 del 1 al 4. I want to invite you to turn there, and if you're using the Bibles from the back, those page numbers on the screen will help you to find it. La página 713 is la página de la Biblia de atrás. And I'm going to give you a moment to get there, and I'll do what I always do. I'll read in both languages. Today I'll start reading in Spanish, and then we'll read in English. primero en español y después en inglés. So this is the good news. This is the good news of the Christian message through the inspired writer Luke. Las buenas noticias. Y Lucas dice lo siguiente. Muchos han intentado hacer un relato de las cosas que se han cumplido entre nosotros, tal y como nos las transmitieron los que desde el principio fueron testigos, presenciales y servidores de la palabra. Por lo tanto, yo también, excelentísimo teófilo, habiendo investigado todo esto con esmero desde su origen, he decidido lo ordenadamente para que llegues a tener plena seguridad de lo que te enseñaron. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. So what we have in these four simple verses are an introduction. This is an introduction to the Gospel of Luke in some of the finest language of the New Testament. This is very fine language. En lenguaje fino tenemos una introducción al Evangelio de San Lucas. But, I want you to know this is really not just an introduction to the book of Luke or the gospel of Luke. It's also an introduction to a sequel book called the book of Acts. Because Bible scholars believe with a lot of certainty that the author of the gospel of Luke is also the same person who wrote the book of Acts. Es una introducción también al libro de hechos. Son dos libros escritos por el mismo autor. And who is that author? Well, we're pretty sure it's a man named Luke. And who was Luke? Lucas, quien era? Well, Luke, according to the book of Acts, he describes himself as a doctor. He was a physician. He was a very learned man, an educated man. Era un doctor, un hombre de letras, muy educado. And Luke was also, according to the book of Acts, a traveling companion of someone else we know. He was a mission partner with the early church leader, Paul with Paul on all of his missionary trips, and he wrote about these things. Era compañero de misión con Pablo. Now, you've heard of Paul, and Paul gets the prize for writing more books in the New Testament than anybody else. Okay, now by my count, you can disagree with me, I count about 13 New Testament books written by the Apostle Paul. Pablo escribió más libros que cualquier del Nuevo Testamento. Trece libros. But I don't know if you know this. Luke gets the prize for writing more of the New Testament than anybody else. Lucas escribió más el Nuevo Testamento. Between the book of Luke, 24 chapters, and 28 chapters of the book of Acts, you have two books together that, get this, represent 31% of the New Testament. Lucas y Hechos son 31% del Nuevo Testamento. That's almost one-third of the second half of the Bible. Es un tercio casi del Nuevo Testamento. So that's what we're looking at today. And here in this introduction, what we find is that Luke is giving us some insight here as to what has motivated him to do this. What has motivated him to write? Nos da uh, su motivación para escribir. And he says in the very first book that many people have taken it upon themselves to write down the things that were fulfilled. That is to write down in some form or another the stories of what Jesus said and did that actually fulfill the promises and the predictions of the Old Testament. Muchos han escrito sobre las cosas que hacían y decían Jesús que cumplen con el Antiguo Testamento y sus promesas. Many have done that. And then in verse 2 he says that the things that have been written about Jesus were handed down from eyewitnesses. What is he saying? Estos vinieron de testigos presenciales. He's saying that the things that were written down about Jesus' life, about Jesus' actions, came from people who were there when it happened. Eyewitnesses. Eso llegó de personas que presenciaron estos eventos. Now, he's not telling us who those people were. They may have well been certain disciples and certain leaders in the church, but they could also have been very ordinary people who began to tell others what Jesus did. Eran apóstoles mejor, pero también personas ordinarias. And these people preserved the memory of what Jesus had done. And then they were written down. Now, the gospel of Luke and Matthew and Mark and John, those were written within 30 years of the events, 30 to 50 years after they happened. escritos los años después de los eventos. What that means is, first of all, a couple things. One is that the eyewitnesses were still alive when this stuff was written, and they could correct anything they wanted to. Los testigos estaban vivos. Here's the other thing. In those days, there were no newspapers. There, were, there was no television, there was no internet, no había periódicos, television, internet en aquellos tiempos. And so history was preserved by people remembering and remembering well. There were oral historians in every community and their job was to tell the story of events that had happened and to tell it in such a way that they got it right. Los historiadores narraban lo que pasaba y tenían que ser muy atinados en lo que decían. And it was a very important thing for them. If somebody told a story wrong about something that had happened, there would certainly be another oral historian to come along and say, no, you're wrong. If, if somebody was playing loose with the facts, if somebody was fudging and trying to you know, puff up something, they would say, no, that's not how it happened. And it would be actually very embarrassing for that person who tried to change the story. See, si otro podría corregirlo y sería muy, muy vergonzoso. And so these people were storytellers, but they were more than that. They were story keepers. And these are the people that Luke is talking about. They could have been, like I said, some of the church leaders, but some, some of them were ordinary people. But they handed down... The things that Jesus did, and the things that he said, the things that they saw, and these things were then written down. And so what we have is an unbroken chain of testimony. Tenemos una cadena de testimonio sin quebrantarla. And Luke says these people were servants of the word. They were stewards of the Jesus message. Eran mayordomos, siervos de la palabra. They were caretakers of what we call the gospel, the good news. Okay, so you got that in mind. With that in mind, let's look at verse 3. Miramos versículo 3. Luke says, therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed... Good, also to me, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. Por lo tanto, yo también, excelentísimo Teófilo, habiendo investigado todo esto con esmero desde su origen, he decidido ordenadamente. Luke says, I have carefully investigated everything from the beginning. Investigado todo con esmero. That word, or that phrase, carefully investigated. It means to follow closely to examine, to to accompany. Quiere decir, seguir de cerca, examinar. So Luke is saying, I have followed closely The eyewitness accounts and the written stories that have been uh, put down about Jesus. And I have then compiled all of that from the very beginning. Everything that I'm aware of, of what Jesus is all about. I've put this together into an orderly account. And He says, I'm doing it for you, most excellent Theophilus. Y es por ti, excelentísimo Teófilo. Now, who's Theophilus? We don't know. No sabemos quién es este. There's no uh, ancient record of any famous person named Theophilus that would fit this. No hay ninguna persona famosa así en, en los escritos. We aren't sure, but I think in the name Theophilus, we do have a clue. Bible scholars believe so. En el nombre de Teófilo tenemos un indicio. The name Theophilus, literally means one who loves God, a friend of God, un amigo de Dios, uno que ama a Dios. And so what many Bible experts believe is that this name Theophilus, while it could be one person because history books were often written for a sponsor, it could be that, puede ser una persona famosa, but what experts think is that this might not be talking about a specific person, but rather a specific kind of person. What kind of person? A person a lot like us. A God lover. A friend of God. He may be writing here to friends of God and, and people who love God, who need some information about Jesus. a personas que ocupan información de Dios y de Jesús. And so I think that's really supported by what comes in verse 4. Why is Luke writing? What's motivating him? I'm writing for you, a friend of God, God lover, so that you may know the certainty of the things you've been taught. Escribo ordenadamente para que llegues a tener plena seguridad de lo que te enseñaron. I want you to know the certainty of these things. Para que tengan plena seguridad. The word certainty here. What is that word? At its root mean, it means not toppling, not falling over, unshakable, unwavering. I'm writing so that you would know something that is sure. Esta palabra, plena seguridad, quiere decir no, que no se derrumba, que no se cae. So get the picture here. Luke is putting together this orderly account. He's writing to people who love God, who are friends of God, so that they can be sure, so that they can have an unwavering, not toppling foundation of their faith. Él quiere que tengan una base inquebrantable de su fe. Now, what's that foundation about? What is that foundation made of? ¿De qué se hace esa base? Well, let's look at the very first verse of the book of Acts, the sequel. Acts chapter 1, verse 1, we get a clue. Hay un indicio en Hechos 1-1. It's kind of a similar introduction. And there Luke says this. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. Estimado teófilo, mi primer libro me refería a todo lo que Jesús comenzó a hacer y enseñar. He's given it to us right here. This is what my first book was about. This is what the Gospel of Luke is about. It is about all that Jesus began to do and teach. Se trata de todo lo que empezaba a hacer Jesús y enseñar. It's about Jesus. What is the unshakable foundation, the unwavering foundation that Luke wants people who love God to have? He wants them to have the foundation of Jesus. Not only what Jesus did, not only what Jesus taught, not only that Jesus died and rose again, but he wants them to have the unwavering foundation of Jesus himself. Quiere que tengan la base inquebrantable de Jesús, sus acciones, pero también de Jesús mismo. This is the foundation of our faith. You see, Jesus is the one messenger who will not fall over. He's the one messenger that will not fail. Because Jesus Christ is not just the messenger of the good news. Jesus Christ is the good news. And that's good news for me and for you. Jesucristo no solo es el mensajero de buenas noticias. Él es las buenas noticias. So Luke has followed closely. He's followed closely everything that Jesus has said and done so that God-lovers can follow Jesus closely as the unwavering foundation of their faith. El ha seguido cerca lo que Jesús hizo para que sigamos acerca a Jesús como la base inquebrantable de la fe. And so it's with this in mind, with what we learn here about Luke, that this morning I want to invite us as we begin the year 2020, I want to invite us all into an incredible adventure over the next three and a half months. Quiero invitarles a una aventura. Beginning today and through April 12, which will be Easter Sunday I would like us to go through the entire gospel of Luke together, about two chapters every week. Vamos a mirar Lucas, dos capítulos cada semana, entre ahora y el 12 de abril, el domingo de resurrección. Now, here's what I'm going to ask of you. I want to be clear about what I'm inviting you into. First of all, I want you to keep doing something that I hope you're already doing, and that is reading the Bible every day. We're in a two-year cycle of reading through the Bible, espero que sigan leyendo la Biblia todos los días. It's 10 minutes a day. We have a new schedule in our bulletin. It looks like this. It's blue and in 10 minutes a day you can get exposed to the Bible. Why is that important? Because if you're going to understand Luke, you need to know what's going on in the rest of the Bible too. And there's stuff in in the rest of the Bible that's actually going to be brought into our study of Luke. Quiero que entiendan toda la Biblia para entender mejor a Lucas. In addition to that, here's the little extra that I'm going to call you out to do, and invite you to. I want to invite you to every single week study with me two chapters of Luke. Quiero que estudien dos capítulos de Lucas conmigo cada semana. I have available for you, two of our elders have it, Juan and Cody. Can you guys hold up the sheet that we've got there? All right, Cody over here, Juan. We have a set of simple questions to give to you after worship today. You, you need to go to them. They'll be at the doors. Tienen que conseguir de Juan o de Cody un estudio, una guía. And we want you to take just a few extra minutes during the week to read those two chapters of Luke and answer the questions. Okay? It's a little bit extra. You know what that's called? It's called personal Bible study. Se trata de estudio bíblico personal. And... Personal Bible study is actually an important next step if you're going to grow in faith. Es un siguiente paso muy importante. Okay, so that's the challenge and the invitation I'm giving you. And I want to encourage you to get a study guide from them and try it this week, okay? Now, with that, here's the other twist. I'm hoping that through the week you'll take a moment to compare your notes with somebody else. It can be with your spouse. It could be with a friend over coffee. And it could be right here at sunrise. Because starting on January 15, our Wednesday night groups, our men's group, women's group, and our Spanish-speaking groups are going to be studying this sheet together and comparing the results. We're going to take personal study, bring it into Wednesday night, and, and go deeper together and help each other out with the things that, that maybe aren't clear. Los miércoles, el grupo en español va a estar estudiando esto también. y o el domingo, vamos a comparar las notas. And so we want you to, to be a part of that. So here's the picture. Personal Bible study, comparing your notes with somebody else, and then coming in on Sunday and hearing a message about what you've just studied. Y después vamos a tener un mensaje de lo que han estudiado. Here's my hope. My hope is that by following the gospel of Luke closely, we can grow in following Jesus closely as the one foundation of our faith, the unwavering foundation. Al seguir de Lucas, de cerca a Lucas, queremos seguir a Jesús de cerca como la base inquebrantable de nuestra fe. My heart's desire is that your faith would not depend on any famous pastor, any famous Christian singer, or politician, or athlete, or whoever else that might be. No quiero que su fe dependa de ningún cantante cristiano, ningún pastor, ningún atleta cristiano. My hope is that your faith, oh God, would not depend upon me. Don't make me the foundation of your faith. I will mess up. That your faith would not depend on these new elders and deacons or any of our church leaders. Que su fe no dependa de mí ni de los líderes de la iglesia. We do not want our faith to depend on anyone. There's only one. The goal is that our faith would stand upon the unwavering foundation of Jesus Christ. Queremos que nuestra fe dependa de Jesús. And in the Gospel of Luke, we can be sure, we can be sure that Jesus is real. He's alive, and he is continuing his mission in the world right now. He's continuing his mission and his work in the world through his church and through his spirit. And this is something we need, people. Jesus vive, sigue su misión ahora por su iglesia y por su espíritu. Because we're in a world that is very uncertain. If you don't believe me, check out the news, right? Things are in the air. We don't know what is happening, but we know who we can depend upon. So, again, here's the challenge. Study Luke chapters 1 and 2 this next week using the little guide. Compare your notes with someone else. Come back next Sunday, and let's hear more about what God's doing through this part of his word. Quiero que estudien personalmente, comparen sus notas, y después que vengan el domingo que viene. The gospel of Luke really does give us a solid foundation for believing about Jesus, our rock, all about him. He's come at Christmas, he's lived, he's taught, he's healed, he's died for us, he's risen for us, he's ascended for us. That's the good news. Cristo ha venido, ha vivido, ha sanado, enseñado, muerto, resucitado, ascendido. He's poured out his Holy Spirit for us and we're promised in Scripture He's coming again. And when He comes, He's going to take what's uncertain in our world and in our lives. He's going to set it straight. Él va a poner todas las cosas bien cuando Él regrese. And you know what? Of that, we can be sure. Eso sí, podemos estar seguros. So let's pray together. Vamos a orar. Lord God, We gratefully receive today this gift from Luke and your Holy Spirit. Gracias por este regalo de Lucas por medio de tu Espíritu Santo. Thank you that you have preserved in the pages of this writing the testimony and the truth of your Son, Jesus. Gracias por preservar el testimonio de Jesús en estas escrituras. You've given this to us so that we can be strong upon the rock-solid foundation of Jesus. And so, Lord, help us to take advantage of it. Ayúdanos a aprovecharnos de este recurso. In the next six, actually it's the next 12 weeks or so, I pray that you'll be doing something extremely exciting at sunrise. Like Mario said earlier, that we'll not just be reading about you. We won't be just thinking about you. We will be encountering you, experiencing you, walking with you closely. No solo queremos saber de ti, queremos conocerte a ti, siguiéndote de cerca. Help us to do that, we pray, by your mercy and by your spirit and by your word. We ask this in the name above every name, the name of Jesus. Lo pedimos en el nombre del Señor Jesús.